0: The eldership team here. <laughs> uh, who's had a good Christmas? I went shopping yesterday. I hate shopping. So Denise and I, we got up early, we got down to Northlands at 9 o'clock. That was good. Had a coffee at 9.30, that was really good and out of there by 10 o'clock, just as the crowd started to build up, I went there looking for jeans, didn't really find anything. Denise bought about three or four things. Um, And so I said, oh, should we go over to Dressmart? So we we went over there, but it was still raining, so I thought might as well make use of the time. Got there, and man, it was packed. (laughs) Finally found a park, walked down, and I said, I think it's about time to leave. (laughs) Didn't find any jeans. Anyway, so this morning I'm wanting to start a series or a a theme that I'm going to continue on through the year each time that I speak. That theme is going to be based around the topic that Jesus talked most about in his ministry. You know, there is one theme that Jesus had right throughout his ministry. Now, some people might say, you know, if you haven't read the Gospels, that Jesus' theme was love, and he did talk a lot about love, but that wasn't the central theme of Jesus' ministry. Some people might say that he talked quite a bit about money, which he did as well, but that still wasn't the central theme. Or he might have talked a lot about how to live a good life, and Jesus did talk a lot about that, but that still wasn't the central theme that Jesus talked about. Jesus' central theme throughout his ministry was the kingdom of God. Jesus constantly talked about the kingdom of God. He shared stories about the kingdom of God. He taught his disciples about the kingdom of God. He demonstrated the kingdom of God. And he died on a cross and rose again and started the church to continue to establish the kingdom of God. Look, in Jesus' teaching, there's something really um, interesting that he said. He said in Matthew thirteen forty four 44 um, to 46, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid he it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls, When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Now Jesus said that the kingdom of God is so important, it's so valuable, it's so essential that it is worth everything that we have to go after. It's worth all our money, it's worth all our time, it's worth uh, giving up family and friends and everything we're doing to go after the kingdom of God. He also said whatever you give up you'll get back. But the kingdom of God is really important. And when you actually, not only did Jesus have that as a central theme, when you look at the whole Bible all the way through, you can see that the kingdom of God is one of the main themes throughout the Bible. (laughs) Excuse me. You start with the first few chapters in Genesis. Genesis. And God creates heaven and earth, and he creates a garden. He places Adam and Eve there, and you can see that he's establishing his kingdom here on earth, and he gives uh, Adam and Eve a command to go out and multiply and replenish the earth and expand the Garden of Eden, establishing his kingdom throughout the planet. Then, of course, sin comes in, breaks that. They're barred from Eden, where God had started that establishment. They're, They're separated from there. They're separated from God, and then The whole rest of the Bible is about how God is trying to restore that relationship with mankind, establishing his kingdom again, until you get to the end of Revelation where you see a new heaven, a new earth, Jesus coming again, establishing his kingdom fully and forever. And throughout the Bible is the theme of the kingdom of God. And Pastor Rick Stinton says, about the core message of the Bible. He says it is about the righteous, loving creator of the universe reestablishes his life-giving rule over a rebellious world cursed by sin and death. In other words, it's about God reestablishing his kingdom here on earth. And understand that the kingdom of God should be the mo- of the utmost importance for each one of us. In in very simple terms, from our perspective, God's kingdom isn't a place. No, it isn't like the kingdom of Tonga. The kingdom of Tonga is roughly 170 islands. You can go there, you can go to an island, you're in the kingdom of Tonga. It's got a king there, looks over it. The kingdom of God isn't presently a geographical place. The kingdom of God is anywhere and everywhere where God has his rule where God has been allowed to be back in charge. So if you're a Christian here today, guess what? You're part of the kingdom. Because part of being a Christian is to put Jesus in charge of our lives, put him back in charge. That is part of being in the kingdom. However, if you're anything like me, there are parts of your life which aren't always, doesn't always have God in charge. And it's a constant journey of surrendering ourselves to Jesus and handing him back in charge of our lives and every aspect that we have. Sometimes things do get in the road and we miss out on all the benefits of the kingdom of God in those areas of our lives. A, a, a few years ago, I was at Hamna, and I was ministering to a businessman who was there, and he was um, in some serious uh, financial situations with his business, and I said, have you ever put Jesus in charge of your business, and we, he said, no, and I said, well, let's do that, let's go through a process where you actually surrender your business, and I said... And so we started working through that, and I said, you know, I want you to imagine yourself in, in like a boardroom table in a room there, and Jesus is on the other side, and I want you to actually put him in, the C- in as the CEO of your company and ask him what you want him to do, what he wants you to do. And so he he started doing that. The next thing, he was breaking out in all this prophecy around his business and everything, and uh, uh, God was really impacting him. <coughs> a couple of years after that, um, uh, his pastor uh, caught up with me at, uh, at Hamna and said, remember that businessman you prayed for? And I said, yes, and I actually wrote about it in my, in my book. And he said, his business after that just completely turned around in the order of millions of dollars. Wow. Good. He had put Jesus in charge of his business and it transformed it. He started treating it like it was part of the kingdom of God. Uh, I've, uh, my brother and i 've experienced that this year every every uh, since we did the forty days of hope and joy every morning i, I get it maybe not every morning, most mornings when I get to work, get to the office and i and i i 'll turn the computer on and while it 's getting started i 'll just say holy spirit, I just want to be filled afresh, fill me again, allow me to be connected with you, allow me to grow your kingdom and uh, around me and see things shift and and with the authority that you've given me i i just speak blessing over psl i i, I declare orders and profitability and cash flow i declare favor with our customers favor with our suppliers favor with the bank I, I declare salvation for my staff because most of them are non-christians but we do have some really good conversations and this year this year has not been a normal year has it so uh, during lockdown, two months, we were at 50% of our turnover, and Tony and I, who uh, you see on stage here, my brother, he's part, my partner in the business, and we said we need to look at two uh, scenarios for what might happen in the year, because no one knew. So we plotted a worst-case scenario for what we might do, and we, th- we've we got a lot of fixed stuff in, in what we do, and we put that at about 25% below last last year, which would be... Very difficult for us financially, but we came up with plans or things that we'd have to implement. And we said, okay, if it turned out to be a really good year, if we actually just managed to achieve what we did the previous year, that would be good. So we put that down as as a budget. Well, first two months of COVID, 50% of what we did the previous year. November, end of November, we are well ahead of last year. End of December, we'll be 100 grand more ahead of last year. And it's just, God's just been honoring as we've surrendered things over to him and allowed him to be in charge and leaders. It's all about being in the kingdom. So as I said, this year I'm wanting to make that a real theme of the messages that I do here on a Sunday is actually having us understand the kingdom of God. Because I think even though Jesus taught so much about it, as Christians we often don't really understand the kingdom of God. Or maybe you're all experts. We'll see. So today I'm wanting us to focus on 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll get to that in, in a minute. Um, now, one, uh, the Bible wasn't written in chapters and verses. And when you get a book, it was all sort of written as one one thing. And really, at the start of chapter 12, uh, Paul clearly is starting a new topic in, in his letter to the Corinthians. Because he says, now, I want you to understand about spiritual gifts. And he starts working on that. And that he actually carries that right through chapter 12, chapter 13, and a lot of the way through chapter 14 before he gets on to his next topic. So if you're really wanting to get a good understanding of this area, you probably should read 12, 13, and 14 in one, one sitting. But um, we're going to focus on, on chapter 12. And as a bit of a uh, uh, again, a bit of a background thing, I've, I've discovered over the years that there isn't really a good understanding about the difference between gifts, abilities, talents and anointings. Now, we We normally talk about having spiritual gifts, and we sort of lump everything into that, and we've even had spiritual gift tests here. Um, as a church, which (coughs) lumps all sorts of things into that. But you can actually break that down more into where there are uh, what I'd class as gifts, uh, talents, abilities, and anointings. And you see, for for me, spiritual gifts are things which are empowered by the Spirit and can only be empowered by the Spirit. They come, and and we'll read about nine of those in, in a second, where they're spirit empowered things where you can't actually do them out of yourself. They are something that the Holy Spirit does through you powerfully. But then there in the other sense the gifts you have um, talents and abilities and, and not wanting to sort of break them down too much, but you know, God thought about every one of us before the foundation of the world. He designed us, he planned for us, and he made us all different. Isn't that a good thing? We look different, we act different, we have different personalities, we have different body shapes. And so God designed us. And so there are things that were designed within you that make you very good at things, at certain things, and perhaps not quite so good at other things. Um, and then there's stuff that we learn during our life that we train in and we develop in and experience helps us grow in. so talents and abilities is that mixture of the DNA that God put into us and what we learn. Uh, 20 years ago I was a reasonably good runner now being a runner wasn't part of my natural DNA really I, I, was, I wasn't naturally fast. I had to train six days a week I'd be out training and I was doing about 160 k's in those six days each week training and development. I ended up getting second in a marathon, did a few, had a few good events, was reasonably fast, couldn't sprint very well. If I I was in a race, my sprinting sort of had to start about a kilometre out of the end, with all those really fast ones. If I left it to the last 100 metres, I was destroyed. Thanks, Anna. When I I was uh, doing all that training, I was sort of skin and bone, and a lot of that, Uh, you know, I'd do the pinch test up here and the the skin on skin, it's definitely not that way now. Um, You you can sort of see my uh, rib cages sitting there with the skin just sitting on it because weight is not good for running. Uh, John Walker once said a 10% increase in body fat is a 10% loss in performance. But anyway, uh, the. So, and I. The lowest I could get down to was about 73 or 75 kgs with my running. And that's because I have a reasonably heavy bone structure, I think. I think. Maybe there was just fat I didn't know I was there. But I was racing against guys who are even taller than me, and they're in their low 60s, 65 kgs. They're about 10 kgs lighter than me. So running up a hill against these guys, I was absolutely hopeless. Couldn't keep up with them. Running down a hill, however, there weren't many people who could beat me down a hill. I was very quick. And, um, and my body could handle it, whereas these guys with all these light bones and stuff, they, they got destroyed running down hills. And there was a, a, remember there was a, a relay race which had, you had one of the laps which I loved was running down Mount Pleasant Road all the way to the bottom. And I, I was really fast down there. And you get to the bottom, and all these other people who have these little light frames, they get to the bottom, their legs are like jelly, they can hardly walk, let alone run, and you have it a kilometre on the flat to finish. And I'd come down, and I'd just power on through because I was feeling great. (laughs) Heavy bones. It's good for running downhill but we're all different, you know, and, and so God designed and planned us and made us all different. He gave us different gifts in our DNA, and then we have our experience that we have through life, which is also enables us and gives us abilities, and God is able to use all those. And then there are anointings, which God brings on our life, which is more around uh, um, uh, the the sense of where God places us and what he calls us to do and it enables things to happen. When Pastor John first started here I said said to him, look, I would be very keen to take over evangelism for you, which I did for about a year and a half before I became an elder and they said, yeah, that's great. Up to that point I led maybe half a dozen people maybe 10 to the Lord in, in my 20 plus years of being a Christian at that stage so it had some success in leading people to the, to the Lord. That year I led eight people to the Lord which was the anointing that came with the position. So you can see there's difference. We often lump everything in as gifts but there is actually difference between the Holy Spirit impaired right now situation which we're going to talk about that in a minute, our DNA that we're wired with, our experience and the anointing that God brings on our lives for things. So let's jump into the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we'll start at verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one the manifeta- manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good, To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between Spirits, to another speaking of different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines." Now, so there's nine gifts listed here, nine power gifts, we call them, and I I sort of normally lump them into groups of three, so it makes it easier to remember. You've got faith and miracles and healings, you've got tongues, interpreting tongues and interpretation, uh, interpretation of spirits, and then you've got wisdom and knowledge and prophecy. So nine power gifts that they give. These gifts, when they operate, they don't come out of our own ability. They come because the Spirit is working in us, through us, empowering us to to see uh, those gifts take place and bring shift and change. Now, some people think, well, I've got the gift of tongues and that's all that God's given me, so that's the only gifting that I've got. But all nine gifts are available for everyone who's a follower of Jesus. Now, During my life as a Christian, I've operated in every one of those nine gifts in different circumstances. There's some gifts that I operate more frequently in. A prophecy would be one of those these days that I operate a lot more frequently in. But there are three ingredients, uh, four, for operating successfully in spiritual gifts. And the first one comes out of, remember I said read, 12, 13, and 14 chapters. first one comes out of the start of chapter 14 where it says, uh, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So desire is an important thing to operating in spiritual gifts. If you don't want to operate in spiritual gifts, I suspect you won't. Desire is an important ingredient. If you want to... Start prophesying. Desire to start prophesying. If you want to see work in healing, really desire and cry out to God to see healing take place. If you want to be speaking in tongues, start to really desire that God would give you the gift of tongues. Desire is an important ingredient. The second thing is there's got to be a need. If you want to operate in the gift of healing and you spend all your time around well people, what's the chance of you actually seeing the gift of healing operate? So if you're wanting to actually grow and using a spiritual gift, you need to actually find needs to see it take place. Then the third thing is it's the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Spirit. You need to be empowered by the Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit that determines what's going to happen. And the fourth thing is it's faith. You do need faith. You need to actually step out in faith. Now, this scripture says it's the Holy Spirit that determines what's going to happen. Now we can all operate in any of these nine gifts but if you're with a group of people we're going to move on to this next the Holy Spirit likes to operate things as a group exercise. So if there's a need one of you might have a word of wisdom one of you might have a word of knowledge one of you might have a prophecy and one of you might have a gift of healing to actually uh, operate at that time to see things shift and change as the need requires, as the desire is there, as the empowerment of the Spirit makes things work. If we move into the next part of the Scripture, and this is, is in a sense, it's part of the really key thing I'm wanting to focus on, is in the kingdom of God, God calls the, the church His body to represent Him as the kingdom. And the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body... It would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not be, for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is. Of the body and has given greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Every one of us has a place and a purpose in the body of Christ. We have a fit, we have a function, we have um, what God is calling us to be part of and to do. And if we're not where God wants us to be, the body of Christ suffers because of that. If we think we are not worthy or we have no uh, ability to be effective, the body of Christ suffers. You know, a, someone can live... With a lot of their body gone. You know, you can still be alive if you don't have any arms. You can still be alive if you don't have any legs. You can still be alive if someone cuts your ears off. You can still be alive if someone pokes your eyes out or cuts your tongue out. You can still be alive, but a person like that, are they living? Are they really living? Now, when, a, when a part of the body is missing, its, its ability to fully function is decreased. And whatever your part in the body of Christ is, go after it. Fill that part. Do your bit. Because there's things that you can do that no one else can do. And the body is less if you're not doing it. As you know, we talk about spiritual gifts, when you're in a group of people, you may, you may have the sense of the Holy Spirit saying, do this. Because he's empowering you to do something. And no one else in the group has picked that up, but because you don't step out, then the whole group is less because of that. I was talking to David Whiting the other day, uh, I think it might have been last Sunday, and he was telling me that he had uh, taken a track from here and given it to one of his taxi drivers. That he was going with. uh, A tract about the good news of Jesus. I couldn't have done that. I don't use taxis. Uh, Kathy Malone. Every Sunday she comes to me. And she says. What do you need prayer for this week Robert? And I really value. The prayer support. The prayer support that she gives me. You know it's her being in the body giving me support and I feel it and need that prayer support. Now, there are things that God has called you to do that no one else can do and if you don't do it the body of Christ suffers and God has called us to be an incredible radiant beautiful functioning effective body of his representing him to the world re-establishing his kingdom Demonstrating how good God's kingdom is to the people around us so that they can be part of the kingdom as well and they can take their place in the body of Christ. Everyone's very quiet. Okay, continue on with the scripture. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, pro- apostles. Now, this is where the anointing or appointing part comes. This is different to spiritual gifts. This is an appointment God has appointed. So there are things and roles where God has called us into. And um, if we look at this word apostles to start with, so this is very, from my understanding, this is a very wide use of the word apostle. is isn't like Apostle Paul or Apostle James or Apostle John. That sort of thing. This is a very wide use of the word apostle. And to me, it's, there are people that God has put in the church who are thinking forward. To me, uh, the, that, that role of apostle is forward thinking. It's about leadership. It's about looking at a situation and saying that shouldn't be like that. It needs to change. What is it like in heaven? That's how it should be like there on earth. Let's see that change. Let's plot a course of how to get there. And so there are some people that God has called into that role. You could be part of a small group. It doesn't mean to say that you're necessarily actually in a leadership position to be operate, operating in this area. so You could be part of a small group and there is a, a leader. It could be Ryan's group. Ryan's, Ryan's in charge of the group and he has someone else in the group and says, hey, there's this need down the road that I've seen that we need to meet and I think we can do it and I think we can uh, see the shift and change and we can get a team together and we can start go down there, we can clean up their garden, we can sort out, we can buy them some groceries, that sort of thing. We can approach X, get some money for their kids and uh, why can't we do this? And that is someone actually seeing how things should be on earth the way they are in heaven and saying, let's go and do that. Then it says, second prophets. And to me, again, in that general sense, it's a vertical connection. It's upward. It's connecting heaven and earth. It's bringing people into that connection with God and hearing God's voice coming down to, to earth. It could be represented sometimes in the aspect of worship where people are connecting with God and hearing him speak. It can be represented in the prophetic word where people are getting encouraged and built up by what God's saying to them. It, it's Again, it's enabling people to get that connection between God and individuals and encouraging that type of connection. Third, teachers. In Ephesians where it has uh, the word teachers, pastors, teachers, it sort of links those two words together in the, in the Greek. And Teachers is more of an inward role. So God might have you as doing more of an inward thing where you're actually working with his church, where you're actually helping people to grow and disciple and become more Christ-like and teach them how to do it. Um, I was talking with Charles Baxter last last week who uh, uh, he's been working with some of our new Christians and helping them to grow and develop and maturity. He's been doing a fantastic job at it. And, you know, I can't do that because I haven't got those connections or that time to do what he's doing. He's doing an awesome job, part of the body of Christ. But it's building that discipleship into people or mentoring or teaching and helping people to grow up in the faith, helping to look at that inward aspect. And then it talks about having gifts of healing and miracles. And that is more of an outward aspect. Thing, representing the power of God to people to see things and actually moving uh, so that people can see that, that God is powerful and He does good things and see things change and shift around people's lives, having a more of an outward look. And then you have uh, the likes of helps and administration, which is more of a uh, greasing the wheels, helping the processes to flow, keeping things moving in a, in a Sequential way so that it makes sense. Putting process into it. And it's just a demonstration that every one of us has a part that we need to play in the body of Christ. And if we don't, the the body misses out. The body misses out. So this, this morning as a finish off and maybe the band wants to come up what's God saying to you maybe there's aspects of your life that God, the Holy Spirit has been prompting you that actually there's an area of my life I just need to hand back over to Jesus I haven't actually surrendered that to his authority at the moment I've taken back control Maybe there's an area there that God just needs to uh, want you to just surrender back to Him. Maybe there's an aspect of of moving in the gifts of the Spirit where God's been saying to you, actually, "Have you ever thought about stepping into the gift of healing a bit more, and actually growing that desire for seeing things actually happen in the area of spiritual gifts?" Or maybe God's uh, is especially as we move into this new year. You know, Doug, at the back, he tells me that January the 4th is the best day of the year to put a job and Trade Me. It's the most searched day for new jobs. Um, if Maybe you need to think about, actually, am I in the place where God wants me to be? Am I carrying out the function that God wants me to carry out? Am I actually fitted Nicely into the body of Christ where he wants me to be and, and maybe God's saying actually I think you could just do a little shift into what you're doing the, the band's just going to lead us in a song but it, can I ask you to stand as, as they uh, take us through the first verse rather than singing just ask God Lord what are you saying to me this morning What needs to shift and change for me this morning? And then agree to do that with Jesus. At the end of the, when we finish the song, the service will be over and we can go out and we can enjoy each other's company with some ice creams and some coffee. God bless.